Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome to the Beauty Archeo, your fashion history comedy podcast, broadcasting live on full service radio here at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. I am your host, Professor Noir, and I'm here to say one thing very, very fun that is happening today. It is a very special day for me. Everyone, it is my birthday. <laughs> hey, I told, I told the audience no foghorns. No. <laughs> yes, it is my birthday. I am one year older. Actually, really funny, in fact. Um... I do this thing ever since I turned... So I'm 34 this year. I'm proud to admit it. I love turning a year older. I just keep being sexier. Thank God, you know, like, I don't know what's happening, but something good is happening. I think it is all of the essential oils and seed oils. I rub all over my body on a daily basis. The rituals involving Eye of Newt and Toe of Frog, those things really help. They really help the skin. (laughs) But... But... um. I started doing this thing when I turned 30 where I just would age myself a year so I would always be prepared for the next year and not feel like I haven't accomplished anything or that I was like too old or something. So I always like felt younger somehow. I don't know why I did that. So because of that, I thought I was turning 35 for this entire freaking year before. And my coworker was like, Jason, that is virtually impossible because I am a year younger than you and I am turning 33. So you are 34. I was just like, wait. Oh, yeah, the math doesn't add up. So yes, people, I'm turning 34. I can get really ridiculous sometimes and get into my head and think about something completely different. Sometimes, I mean, honestly, I don't even know what year it is, clearly. I don't know what day it is, clearly. But I know that I'm turning 34 this year, so I'm super excited. Very, very excited. Also, I always love my birthday because, as I would say, a polytheistic, you know, spiritual person and like an animistic nature person... Um, it is the summer solstice, which is very, very important. It is a celestial time. It is the longest day of the year. It's a time where nature is at its fullest bloom. And like we as people are at our fullest bloom. And I mean, like this is the time to like really freaking shine everyone. I know right now, personally, I'm wearing a sickening outfit. Yes, because it is my birthday. But I brought out the big sleeves, the giant sleeves. I like to call them. They are called not I like to call them. They are called a lantern sleeve. So I literally look like two giant lanterns floating and walking everywhere I go. <laughs> um, I got the legs out. Okay. I have put on the palm oil. I'm feeling my oats. I smell good. I feel the neroli misting around me. It is beautiful. But yes, it is the summer solstice, people. And it is the best time of the year. It is the absolute best time of the year. So because it's the summer solstice, I invite some very fabulous friends to be with me today. And they are here. Um, Welcome back. You have been here before. Yes, it's deja vu. You have been here before, my dear. You look fabulous. Um, I would call them my... Ooh, watch out really quickly. I'm going to just do this. 
and move this around. Yes, we have cords and we have mics everywhere, people. Um, and two of my really fabulous star friends, my celebrity friends, my art friends, Miss... Or, Excuse me. I mix. Al- mix I al- works. I actually like mix. Thank you too. for that. I because I too. have like those old school, like Victorian, Southern, like, you know, like um, weird etiquette things that come out. So I say like miss, mister. You know what I mean? You've heard me do that. Well, and yeah. it's mix. And it's mix Monday. Sure. And I really like that, actually. Thank you for giving me that. <laughs> no problem. As we figure out the language. Thank you for giving me that. Yeah. Can I say mix Monday? Yeah, that works. I like it. Is that good? Yeah. Like we approve or you yes, approve? Yes, I think so. Okay. I like it. Thank you. No, they thank like you it. for that. Thank you. This is the summer freaking solstice, people. This is what yes. happens. This is when like male and female are one body. You know what I mean? And you become like the two spirit if you really embrace the summer solstice. And so that's what I am. So so. I know that's what I mean. So Mix Monday is here. (laughs) And then also Trey. Yeah. I like to call you the Trey Gallery because you truly look like a gallery of art all the time. Like you look like different artworks. Thank you. Like all displayed. <laughs> this is, looks like my walls right now. I'm really excited. <gasps> Ooh, I need to see your walls. I know. She was literally wearing her artwork that she painted. Yeah. The other day. <laughs> like I really. Oh and yes. Again. Oh and my again. gosh. And yeah. again with Many the clouds. <laughs> with the clouds. So yes, it is my birthday. It's the summer solstice. Um, Happy we, birthday, baby. Thank you. Thank you. We all. Also, baby. <laughs> we also, um, uh, two days ago, we just celebrated, or the World Show celebrated Juneteenth, which mm-hmm. is a very special holiday. Um, Juneteenth, also known as Juneteenth Independence Day or Freedom Day, is an American holiday that commemorates the June 19th, 1865 announcement of the abolition of slavery in the U.S. state of Texas, and more generally, the emancipation of enslaved African Americans throughout former Confederate States of America. Texas was the most remote of the slave states, and the Emancipation Proclamation of January 1st, 1863 was not enforced there until after the Confederacy collapsed. So, and also, the name of the, name of the observance is uh, impromptu to June and to 19th, so obviously it's a combination of Juneteenth. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there because Juneteenth is very important and it's something that I personally don't always like observe like it kind of sneaks up on me and this year like I hi sir how are you we have a little visitor staring into the into the fishbowl box <laughs> don't run away don't run Where away little fishies little fishies um, but I <laughs> but I always I, I really feel like I always want to make sure I'm observing something as important as that I don't know how you feel absolutely yeah <laughs> we have yeah. to remember where we came from to know where we're going, right? Exactly, exactly. And this is and this is also like a decision that affected the entire country. Exactly. Not just enslaved people, but the entire country mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And a, in a lot of positive ways, I would like to imagine. Some people don't think so, but those people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, um, we just performed at... And you were there f- being fabulous and colorful as always at the Stoli party. That was everything. That was everything. It was such an uplifting evening. I honestly thought that we were going to like burn down the building at one point. Right? Because yeah. like we just got so militantly queer. I know. We're, fists in the air. Fists in the air. A lot of call and response people. Yes. A lot of call and response. Stand up for love. Stand up for love. Yes. A lot of call and response. A lot of fists in the air. I told Trey, and I don't think I told you the joke, but I was just like, I really just wish out where somebody would just, just like sneak in a hail Satan and see what would happen. Just, 
balance out the world. Because we were just like, because we just kept, because it was like to the point where like anyone could have said anything and we just really repeated it. And I was just like, what if somebody just like whipped it in there, just like stuck it in there? See if we were just like, hey, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Crickets. Yeah. Crickets. But it really, it really was that. Lisa Marie Thalhammer is an incredible activist and artist and just wonderful human. Do you mind telling people um, who are watching us, because there's no one really watching us right now. I'm just you like to say that. Us. I know you can't see us. I just love to say that. We're fabulous, but We really are dressed to the nines right now, which we're going to talk about in a second. But can you tell people about the bottle and what this is all about? Because people, honestly, at this point, have now seen if you've been to like a pride party or anything, really. Right. Well, so it's not just the pride bottle which mm-hmm. in itself would be an incredible accomplishment exactly. but this is commemorating the 50th anniversary of the stonewall um, right. events yes 1969 <laughs> yes. yes pride of 69 so all of that is included in the beautiful piece of artwork that she made really representing all all letters on the lgbtqia spectrum yes and and she being lisa tallhammer who is a amazing artist and part of the very large queer art family that yes. is in DC, which is a very large, I think we're like at least a hundred plus deep. Um, <laughs> Cause I could always say like, I'll bring guests on and be like, these are my friends. This is my fam. And I'm pretty sure people are like, girl, all of your friends. I'm just like, there's a very large network of us. <laughs> like, and we have all grown together over the last like 10 years heavily. That's real. Especially us yeah, here sitting uh, at this table absolutely. and Lisa Marie, all of us are we're you know, we've really put our roots in here and made an effort to contribute to the community. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So Lisa has painted some really beautiful murals and is known for her mural work. Um, one of which is the Love Mural in DC, which is very famous, very mm-hmm. popular. People literally it's a destination for tourists to like find this mural and photograph in front of it because it means something for everyone yeah um it's painted in the beautiful pride flag colors but it does mean something for everyone clearly um because i've seen people photographed in front of it constantly of just all different ilks you know what i mean so it really resonates and so she was commissioned by stoli if i'm not mistaken yes to design and create this bottle for the commemoration of the Stonewall Riots for the 50th anniversary. And it is a very colorful, vibrant, lively bottle of hands um, and all different symbols of just like this beautiful rainbow going through the entire thing with such movement and such kineticism. And um, I I think it's absolutely stunning. It's really funny because, so I was at a restaurant. I was at Ted's Bulletin. Oh, yeah. This was, and this was like during Memorial Day weekend. Um, I saw a bartender there that I knew who's like super cool because he used to shop in my store when I used to run Buffalo Exchange. And I was with my friend Choey, who's from New York. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, all day she'd been talking about how I've been getting the celebrity treatment everywhere we've gone so far and I'm just like girl I don't know what you're talking about and then but like things have happened like people were like opening doors for us and like just bringing us food and things it's just crazy like I'm just living my life I was just like I'm just living my life people are really nice (laughs) and um we get to Pettis Bulletin it's a Sunday Memorial Day weekend it's packed it's like nothing but families and just like a lot of white people no offense um not to you but to other other (laughs) listeners Um, these ladies are just really light skin. Um, <laughs> no, um, but it was just very yuppie yeah. and very like impatient. And there was this lovely couple sitting, obviously a very new couple to the neighborhood and, mm. you know, just sitting and like having about to have brunch at the bar. And there was like one seat on either side of them. They did like one of those or they, someone could have gotten up. You never know. It was like one seat on either side of them. Right. Bartender was just like, yo, y'all want to sit? And we we're like, Okay. 
And he was just like, you two, move over. They want to sit. <laughs> I was oh. just like, I was like, you just move them out the damn way. Wow. He just mushed them. Like, you need to move over to these seats. Wow. That's it was just great. for you. It was great. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me. I was a little dry right there. Um, it was parched. parched. I was a little parched. I need some more of this coffee because that's going to make me not parched. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> And it was so crazy. And so he was just like, oh, did you guys see this new bottle for Stoli? And handed up this really cool, colorful bottle. And Choi was just like, oh, my God, take a picture in front of it. I was like, okay. So I took a picture. And I was going to send it to someone. I forgot who. And I never sent it. And a week later, Lisa, like, announced this on, on social media. Oh that my she gosh, was the one who designed the bottle. I didn't know it was oh, hers wow. yet. That's amazing. And I was Love just like, st- wow. I know her. <laughs> <laughs> it's my friend. That's my Yes, and people definitely must check out the real live mural at XX Plus, which she just completed. Yes, and it's It's XX Christina. Christina. XX Plus Christina. It's above Christina Restaurant. It's above Christina Restaurant. It's a beautiful Italian restaurant. Beautiful family-owned. Family-owned. Wonderful, wonderful people. Please support their business. Queer people running the bar upstairs. Yes, Really fabulous. Yes, really, really cool space. Really, really cool space. So... With that, we're going to take a little breaky-poo because we're going to come back because last week um, you heard me talk about on Friday that I was going to be hosting the Hirshhorn Ball. It's and a it's ball! The, it's the fir- it was the first annual Hirshhorn Ball, um, and it was absolutely amazing. So we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about that, but I'm going to go into a little history about the history of fancy dress parties mm. and some of the most fabulous fancy dress parties in history, and we'll be right back, you guys. Beauty RKO. <laughs> Okay, we're dancing that out. That was a moment. Yeah. Okay, Trey, started that out. Yeah. Ow. Get it, get it. It ow, started ow. in the shoulders. Ow. There's so yes. much shoulder in this room right now. There is a lot of shoulder in this room. So much shoulder. Every, okay, so I, as I always love to say, I love when people come to this show and they dress the F up. Let me just say it. Dress the fuck up. <laughs> like, so right now, Monday is, mixed Monday is it, because I'm just now, it's in my head now, um, is wearing this, like, heavy shoulder pad blouse, bl- uh, blue blouse with this, like, white um, leaf print on it. Mm-hmm. Or almost like bell, like blue bell print. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a blue bell print. White belt wrapped around it to cinch in the waist. Some beautiful, tight black pants and a white ankle boot. Yes. yes, very sleek. I also have on my white wings today. And you have on your white wings on your eyes. It's beautiful. Yes, thank you. And then Trey over here is wearing another big, like, rooster sleeve, puff sleeve, white shirt. <laughs> a very fitted waist coat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Vest. Vest, yes. Vest. Very fitted uh, vest. 
polka black with white polka dots mm-hmm. and then a white and black very very skinny slim body hugging striped <laughs> hand and of course to top it all off a beautiful bow tie is it leather well actually i i made the bow tie yeah tell people so um a lot of my outfits started out with this bow tie that I made so many years ago. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm obsessed with blue skies with white fluffy clouds. It makes me happy. So <laughs> who like, does it? Like, you know, who does it? I love a blue sky with a fluffy right? cloud. And then just cloud gazing. Yeah. So I thought, some days it's rainy. Some days it's overcast. Some days I don't have that happy feeling. So I want to be able to just break it out whenever I want. So yes. I made this bow tie. Because I gorgeous. love bow ties. Thank and you. And what, fa- what textile is that? It, what material? It actually is just a regular fabric that I painted over. And when you paint over regular fabric with acrylic, it uh. turns it into this leathery, interesting Oh, okay. Situation. So, yeah. Okay. Because it looks like leather with like, it looks like a beautiful blue sky with just like puffy white clouds. Perfect bow tie. It's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> thank you. It's absolutely gorgeous. You better wear it. She was camouflaged at the ball. At, at the, the ball. Yes. Oh, my so, gosh. So. Yes. Um, Let's talk about it. Tonight's That's episode. <laughs> today's episode is called Fancy Dress Party Like Versailles. And, of course, this is a fashion history comedy podcast, people. Exactly. So we are going to definitely talk fashion. We're definitely going to talk history. But we're definitely going to laugh our asses off. So <laughs> pardon us if we get into laugh fits throughout this. Like Hopefully we're already you're laughing right with now. us. Hopefully you're laughing with us because we're always having a good time. So um, last weekend, I and I have been planning this with the Hirshhorn since January. And I had the beautiful and wonderful opportunity to host um, an MC and really produce um, with the Hirshhorn the first ever Hirshhorn Ball. Yes, golf claps. Yes. You golf were wonderful. Claps. Wonderful. So and it was extremely, extremely successful. Yes. Which I am still beaming about. Um, the Washington Post really set it as it set a standard for DC. Par- I mean, this is a party. F- this is a, um, if people don't know what the Hirshhorn Museum is, you've been living under a rock, first of all. Um, so no, I'm sure. um, but the Hirshhorn Museum of Modern Art is one of the Smithsonian museums. It's the Smithsonian Museum of Modern Art um, for the country. And it's a very important institution and has been for many, many, many decades. Yes. And um, they have had a tradition of doing their annual fundraiser galas um, there, but also at the MoMA in New York. And the MoMA one was always much more celebrity attended and bigger press. And the one in D.C. was much quiet, much more quiet and very somber. Not somber, but not as live. Right. And they wanted to really change that and set a new <laughs> standard and set a new tone. And they asked me yes. to do this, to yes. host basically a fancy dress party, like ball party for them. And that's what we did. Yes, we did, honey. It was fabulous. And I was so happy. Thank you so much. I was so happy to be there with my collection to contribute to the vibe. Yes. Because it was a vibe. It was a vibe. People came through with the look. People came through with the look. So let me just give people a little brief history about what fancy dress is. Um, This is an excerpt I'm going to read from um, this website called thebiascut.com. It's a store. It looks like boutique, but they also have like kind of fashion information and history information, which I really like. Um, so it's all things I could like. If you have a st- an online store, by the way, with fashion history information, you have a customer for life in me. <laughs> let me know. If Absolutely. I can nerd out while buying shoes, mm-hmm. exactly. I don't I, need a man. I do love that site. <laughs> right? Yeah, site. yeah. It's like, I don't even need a man at that point. Like, it's what you going to give me? Hole. It's a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. 
of just nerd history porn. It's so weird, but I love it. Well, push up the glasses, <laughs> Professor Pussy. Let's push up the it. glasses, flip up the bangs, take We're out my in. take out my curlers. Okay. <laughs> So this, uh, they write, it is virtually impossible to pinpoint the exact date when fancy dress, quote unquote, first came about, largely because unlike with film or theater costume, there is little historical evidence on the subject. However, it is generally considered that its origins stem from Venice. Some believe the adornment began in the 12th century or 13th century and were, and were worn between Christian festivals. But regardless of this, the wearing of ornate masks truly became popularized in the 15th century. By then, mascarari, or the mask makers, were highly regarded in society, even boasting their own statutes. Masquerade, excuse me, masquerade balls became a popular feature of of the Venetian carnival, and the carnival spirit soon began to spread throughout Italy, weaving its way into world processions and pageants. Catherine de' Medici is thought to have taken the spirit of carnival to France, where she married the future king of France, Henry II, in 1533. A fierce patron of the arts, she understood the importance of hosting court festivals as a political tool to assert the strength and power of the French throne at the time of civil war. At these festivals, guests and even jousting participants would dress up in costumes referencing romantic and and mythological stories, and the festivities would last for days on end. In England, Tudor and Stuart court masks were considered the highest form of artistry in the country until Cromwell and the Puritans closed the theaters in 1642. Boo. Boo. Oh, God. Uh, But you know what I will say, though? They brought in black girl, and that black was chic. Oh, the black was yes, good. Yeah, the black was true. good. You that's know, you know, true. I love black. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she was like, OK, OK, OK. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but after the restoration, which everything got really curly and frilly after the restoration, the pleasure gardens were established in the 18th century to offer accessibility to entertainment and the arts for those who didn't belong to court. Masquerade balls were a popular feature thanks to John James Hyde. Heidegger, ooh, I've never seen that name before, the Swiss count who introduced them from Venice. Popular costumes involve the Commedia dell'Arte, ooh, excuse me, characters, Harlequin, dell'Arte, characters like Harlequin, Columbine, um, Punicello, and Pantaloon, as well as nuns, monks, habits, comic Scotsmen, and sailors. As the only imposition of exclusivity was the price of entry, awareness and attendance of these occasions filtered down through society, with the notion of masquerade ball becoming far more widely recognized. That was a lot. (laughs) That was a lot of words. Um, I read all that because this opens up the different aspects of what we see in fancy dress parties. Yeah. Um, Fancy dress parties, as we have just read, have started, we can say, back in the 12th century. Um, wearing costume during, during Christian festivals. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, this is also a time where the revival of Roman, the revival of Roman pagan um, traditions were starting to sneak back into society in a more visual and social way. Oh, yes. yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I can imagine, if I'm thinking about it, this idea of taking the pagan Roman traditions of wearing masks and costumes to represent the gods and the deities and all the lower castes of that 
and then taking that into the Christian festival to then heighten the experience of the Christian festival, to heighten the experience of what is being communicated politically at that time. Because again, Christianity and not just Christianity, but religion and politics were very much so intertwined at this time. Going fur- unlike now, unlike unlike now. But you were about to say something about. We, I was like when I was just saying you were about to say something about like wearing masks and things like that and during these Christian festivals. Were you not? Yes, I was. Okay, you please. saw it in my eyeballs. Yeah, I did. Like, please interrupt, interject. Yeah. Um. And what I really loved about it is that it gave people a different type of outlet to show some sort of creativity. And even though, yes, it was, it was fun and it was politically driven. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people that had secrets, these sexy, sexy secrets and the masks gave them an outlet to be public about it. Exactly. Which is very interesting too, is that it's almost a very visceral experience of Christianity that we have now or Christianity that we have now um, I'm not going to like knock it because I know a lot of great Christians I know a lot of great Catholics I don't necessarily want to knock a full religion that we do see it as a little bit more uh, standardized like to the book I wouldn't say always strict but more standardized like even like new Christians it's still more standardized where you're not going so far out of the box in terms of your um, your spiritual expression however when you think about wearing masks like this and displaying those what they could quote, quote unquote be called sins, mm-hmm. which I don't even know if they may have been called sins at this time. I'm not actually, and that's maybe interesting that we can look up when sin was really used on a wide basis throughout Christianity, throughout the uh, Western world, um, to be able to wear your true self mm-hmm. on the outside. Exactly. I think it's really interesting and to also, experience, to also know that this is happening under the guise of a Christian festival. It's almost like a much more open and um, rebellious not even rebellious but um, guerrilla experience of worship oh yeah it's like under the radar yeah but even still it's like almost not under the radar because people knew what these symbols were it was very flamboyant but it was almost like they it were, was camp. They were yes. It was, it was camp. It was camp because it was, it was what camp does is what it like. It brings out serious or very subversive messages to the to the to the broader public, right. and it communicate them in the way that they are almost dazzled yeah. into receiving it. It was a dazzling distraction. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yes, I am a pagan god, but you're not gonna even notice because I'm so fabulous. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, well, I'm not even just a pagan god, but a pagan god of fertility. Yeah. I am a virgin woman, or I'm a I'm a virgin woman showing myself being open for fertility. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and, and any other day she would have been called a harlot, but she ex- slaps a mask on, pumps up the boobies, yeah. and then she's fine. And you know what's funny? Like talking about like today's a summer solstice. It's funny because I even think about the summer solstice being one of those like pagan holidays that then be also became a celebrated Christian and Catholic holiday. Yeah. In Protestant England, the summer solstice was still heavily celebrated. Up until the 20th century, I think even now, like it resurged now, where it's now being celebrated again in a more pagan way. But it was celebrated by Christian, like by Christian Protestants, in in Britain for hundreds of years. Still, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Which I find really interesting is that even in the most strictest forms of you about to say something, your oh, eyeballs oh, are looking for me. Oh, I'm biting my tongue. You so find yourself, girl. Say it. Say it right now. Well, say it right now. Holidays. Come on. <laughs> that's what you gotta say, girl. Say some more. Yeah, that's what I have to say. <laughs> she was like George Bush. Don't like black people. That's what she basically just said to us. That's basically what she just gave us. They took our holidays. Bye. They took them all. 
but uh, you know, whatever. But yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, like, <laughs> it's true. Like, yes, they took the holidays. I mean, they, you know, without, with, I mean, honestly, without appropriating other cultures, they would not have existed. Um, but <laughs> hashtag fact. Hashtag, you know, the best DIYers, should we say? Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to do a positive spin. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, DIY on other people's cultures and religions. It's totally cool. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still interesting though because like yes it was also, it was taken but the idea was still there which I find really interesting where it was a time it's a really famous play called uh, Miss Julie yes where oh, they yeah. where this Love is the which is the premise of that play is that it takes place on summer solstice exactly. night where the veils between man between men go down but yes. with your status all of that goes down and everyone becomes one you're one with mm-hmm. nature you're one with the animals you're one with man exactly yeah so it's interesting um mm-hmm. so going further where we see fancy dress then going into places like in in france and in paris like after catherine de medici like really like pushed for this new form of entertainment and this new form of like communicating the public the majesty of the monarchy fancy dress is no longer necessarily just a religious thing but is now a social status symbol where Again, like we said before, it's about the money. And so it's really interesting. We threw this ball. We were at this ball. You guys worked the ball. It was absolutely amazing. And it's funny because I did have people do a lot of pushback about money. Really? And about, well, because the ticket prices were, you know, for a museum fundraiser. It's a museum benefit. So $200 was the cheapest ticket. They went up to, you know, a couple thousand dollars. We had some amazing donors um, who really have invested in the museum and invest. And like, I actually was very thankful for those big donors because my main thing, as I said before, when I met some of them, first off, I was like, you are now investing in the future of modern art. You're no longer investing in Picasso's and Pollock's. You're investing in the future. You're investing in queer art. And so like, I want you to think about that when you're doing this, because this Mm -hmm. is, this is, you are, you are now like responsible for the identity of this city and for the country. Cause this museum represents the country. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's a very powerful message message to give to someone who is also going to give you a lot of money because it's like no your money actually means this you are not just a bank account like you're actually doing something really really good right now you're you're building future history you're building future history and so it's interesting when you think about it too is that like you do have this tradition of fancy dress parties especially when you get into the 19th century where fancy dress parties were specifically for the aristocracy and they were the most Mm -hmm. flamboyant most expensive parties you can ever imagine and you get into this era where it was just about having like billions of dollars or the equivalent of to wear the most fanciful costumes and get crazy and ruckus for a night. However, it's interesting that like seeing that happen to a certain degree for this, but also seeing that that money is then being filtered into something more long lasting. I don't know. I don't know how you would feel about more it. More positive. More positive. Like what yeah. are your thoughts on something like that? Because like I, I think that you know it's it's funny with the word fancy it does evoke a sense of elitism but for me i necessarily am never afraid of elitism um i don't think that necessarily everyone needs to always indulge in the same thing because there's so much out there do you know what i mean yeah is that no, not necessarily. I'm going to end up at the Met, the actual Met Gala. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because it's ten thousand dollars a plate for the cheapest ticket. Right. However, mm-hmm. 
me living this life of like for say like what they did with camp like me living a life of camp and dressing and experiencing and that kind of thing then goes off of just the party where it's like something i can live and be mm-hmm. and so in a way it's like fancy dress i don't know it's like i'm, I'm now i'm just like going to all these different thoughts but in a way like i like fancy dress it creates a sense of fantasy obviously for the wearer and for the people around you but at what point is the fantasy over? Is the fantasy something that only you can be elitist to or in the elite to experience? Oh, I see what you're saying. Do you know what a- I mean? A- absolutely. It's up to you to feel that fantasy and bring it into real life. Yeah. yeah. You know? and I, I mean, feel like we do. We do every, every day. Well, my issue is that I do live in a fantasy world and mm-hmm. that's the world I create in. So I never take that hat off. Yeah. Right. So for there to be an occasion where it's fancy dress, it's one of the few places in which I can show up and no one asks me, (laughs) you know, where are you, where are you going? You know, uh, is this a costume? Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm just expressing myself. And it's, it's so wild too, because like you definitely dress a little bit more extreme than the both of us, I would say, um, in terms of like pushing as fantasiful as you want to yeah. go i'm not afraid yeah neither i mean none of us are no, afraid none yeah, of yeah, us yeah. are afraid and that's a great thing is that like i i feel like for the kind of fantasy element yeah. you push that a little bit further you know what i mean yeah. like in terms of you you push color into a very major story in every look you wear you know what i mean like it's true for me, it's about specifically subverting like gender, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like sex and like yeah. the idea of sexuality. And so, for I mean, like, yeah, we are people where the fantasy is real for all of us. Mm-hmm. It's very much so real for all of us. And that whole thing about the entertainment and the idea of, sub- of creating power, that is also really interesting too. It's like, that's also something that we're all doing. I, f- I know I'm doing it for sure. Like, I mean, I'm wearing the big sleeves today. My legs are like slicked up. Like I can yes. literally like legs like a, a drop of water can just beat up and fall off my leg right now. Like I'm so moisturized. <laughs> is that an integrated leather obi into your shorts? Is oh, it, it's a skirt. It's a skirt. It's a skirt. It is so good. Yeah, I've been an obi belt. Yes, yeah, I love, I love a leather obi belt. I love a leather obi belt. It cinches the waist. Right. You know, shake, shake, shake. But like that's another thing too. Is just like. Catherine de Medici used these parties and like use these parties in France to really like, you know, like show power. Like, how do you feel? Do you like for you, for instance, um, especially when it comes to sexuality and display of gender and you are. And that's the thing is like, I will say I am more skin bearing when it comes to sexuality. You are more almost skin binding when it comes to sexuality. Yeah. Well, for me personally, it's really important to, live and embody, you know, I'm such a sexual being, you know, but it's really important for me to uh, be able to embody that in my performance and in my art without showing skin. But that's just for me personally, you know, I mean, I love seeing other people show skin, but for me personally, that's just, you know, I really try to, and, and I think I said this before to you, but you know, once I released myself from the gender standards Mm -hmm. of fashion and how I was supposed to dress this body. Yeah. Um, was when I finally started to dress really what made me feel sexy, not necessarily what I thought would be perceived as sexy. You know? I, and you know what's funny, too, is just like when you just said that, when you released your ideas of like gender and sexuality, that's what also like, I mean, going back to the subject at hand, where the fancy dress party is, is like these, these costumes, these ideas about yourself that you now can wear 
on your skin and where is your person that subvert your own identities of gender and sexuality. Absolutely. Which is really fucking fascinating. You know, like that's, it's literally that, that whole idea. Exactly. Um, For you, Trey, like for you, have you experienced a sense of power in like how you dress and like how far you go with the fantasy? Oh, absolutely. And like, what does that look like? I mean, for me, I, I've known this since I was a, a small child that whenever I wore clothing that was more standard was what everyone else wore. And I wasn't going out of my way to actually express who I truly am. Yeah. I would feel diminished. Yeah. I would feel invisible, which is totally fine. Some, some days you just want to blend into the background and I don't necessarily like attention, which a lot of people confuse when they see the way that I dress. I'm not doing it for attention at all. Yeah, I'm just doing it so that I know that when I step outside of my door, that I am being 100% authentically myself and happy. And there's nothing more empowering than that. Yeah. You know what's interesting when it comes to attention and like someone seeking attention? Um, Because I think, one, I'd say... I think we can conclude right now that fancy dress is not necessarily just something for a party. This is something that people are living and being every day. Yes. Number one. Like, I think we can like also, I think we can make that assessment now class. That is our assessment from the class. Thank you so much. You can go home. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Um, Take more notes. Um, But um, you just said, hold on, say that again. I'm so sorry. I just lost that after I just made that assessment. This is the fashion history comedy podcast rewind, <laughs> rewind. Um, um, the part about when I step out I need to feel 100% yes. so yeah myself. so it's interesting too so like yes people can look at people like us and say we're doing this for attention do you think that it is about grabbing attention to be seen or are you open to people receiving you when they do see you I think that that's a big part for me because I was extremely shy as a child. Mm-hmm. And so in order for me to be 100% myself, I'm going to get the attention because I'm exuding that, that joy anyway. It doesn't really matter what I happen to be wearing at the moment. Yeah. And so it's also a test of my courage yeah. to be able to step out that way and then receive whatever I'm going to get from other people. Exactly. Yeah. That's definitely it for me yeah. because I'm really just trying to feel good about myself and just wear things that make me feel good. But then I do get a lot, you know, and I'm actually, when I'm not performing, I prefer not to have too much attention actually, you know, yeah. I'm actually quite shy and can get all kinds of awkward <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> if I get too much attention. <laughs> but I, you're right that cur- it does take a little bit of courage to be, you know, ready to receive that. And, and also there's, there's a bit of, you know, just you're exposing yourself. It's very vulnerable yeah. to, to offer your authentic self to the world. And so when you do that, you have to prepare and it makes you a little stronger each time you do it too, which is also more empowering. You know what? I want to pause you right there because that statement alone is so indicative of us thinking all the way back to where we just started with this conversation about wearing masks, doing Christian festivals and putting the true self on and displaying that. And you basically just, you just like connected that. You know what I mean? Is that, yeah, like it is very scary to walk out into the world Mm -hmm. and put on your true self. And so when you can find that message, when you can find a way to communicate that, when you find the style, quote unquote, for the fashion, the way in which you communicate, Mm -hmm. um, 
you have I think I think you've I, I think that person is probably the most equipped. Oh yeah. I think that person is yeah. the most equipped in the world because then it makes you not afraid to be honest, it makes you not afraid to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yes, and as an artist, I have to stay and we have to stay See. in that space, space. Yeah. to create honest yeah, work. Yeah, to create honest work that actually like communicates something. Yeah. yeah. I know for me it's interesting because like I I dress with a lot of different intentions. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily dress to impress people. I dress because just like you, I feel a fantasy that day. Yes. And I want to, whether it's, whether it's my arms floating or like me being anchored to the ground with a heavier boot or feeling like I'm just teetering on like just some heels and like a giant skirt. Um, there was a statement about a very big fashionista like a couple years ago and they said her style in the morning is like indicative of a black tie brunch. And I was just like, I want to do black tie brunch for the rest of my life. Like, that's how I want to dress, you know? And, like, you've seen some of my clothes. Like, I had that giant leather skirt, remember? Yeah. That ball gown leather skirt that was, like, bondage. It was crazy. Um, I had, you know, like, trumpet long, like, maxi skirts. You know what I mean? Like, I dressed like a freaking woman from, like, the 1910s for a while, especially in the rain. Looked really good in the rain. (laughs) Um, that's the thing. It's like I have certain rules about fashion. It's just like when you have a fancy dress. It's just like when I like if it's really Wendy, I always wear something flowy. Of course, because that shows off the beautiful silhouette of the full of the fabric. Obviously, obviously, you know what I mean. If it's raining, wear heels. Lifts you off the ground. Mm-hmm. Someone's just like wear heels. I was like, you're lifted off the ground. <laughs> no rain in your shoe, <laughs> and you look amazing. Exactly. Oh, I loved what you were wearing at the ball. Thank you. Now, Thank you. Did Evan? Yes. Okay, yes. Yes. Our friend. Oh Evan yeah. Made talk about fancy you. dress dressing. So this ball. <laughs> before we go, let's just talk about a couple of looks because we some have a of little. Our favorites. Yeah. Some of these favorites of the looks. So one of the things about this ball, like Mundy says, that everyone did indulge in. A lot of people did indulge in the fancy dress, which I was very excited to see. That people in DC stepped out of the strict. Um, personality roles they have to fulfill on a daily basis and actually just like indulge for a night. Yes, and had fun. And had fun doing it. I mean, like got sweaty and like just like had a great time. I mean, like I had this one woman, she was dressed up like a little fairy princess and she had to be pushing 70 and I was just like, you look amazing. (laughs) You look amazing in your Chanel Marabou feathers. I was like, yeah, it was just like, yo, you look amazing, you know. Um, I loved the man with the feather mustache and the big butterfly oh, on his yes. head. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Or the guy that was wearing the Diego Montoya, like, black oh, swan. Oh, yes. That was incredible. That was incredible. My dress was an, a dress that me and Evan designed that I came up with. Um, it was a red satin dress. Um, that had hands because it was the surrealist theme. The ball was surrealism, which I should have said much earlier. Um, <laughs> but we just got we just dived into it. Um, but um, the dress was um, red satin satin back crepe, and the hands are also handmade in the same fabric of the dress. And I had one hand going. It was a strapless dress, but I had one hand going across my like not even across but like on the side of me like it was like grabbing me from the side and holding me mm-hmm. and i had another hand going over my breast so it was grabbing me and holding me and embracing mm-hmm. me and i had another hand going around from behind and Draping over my over shoulder, shoulder. It was so as beautiful. if it was just like trying to touch me it had alexis batar because i did a nice collaboration with alexis batar and i love them to death they are so sweet and so nice and i really hope to do things with them again um 
but I had three Alexis Pitar rings on the actual fingers of the gloves, so it looked like a real hand. It looked amazing. Um, I had on tons of Alexis Pitar, like bangles, lucite and gold bangles, which were absolutely amazing, going all the way up my arm and very heavy. I love it. felt like money. Um, and then I had this red veil going over like my face and down and draping onto the floor and pulling on the floor. And like the whole thing was sh- like sh- photographed so beautifully. Yes, it was gorgeous. Like you can see the hands and it like came out exactly what we thought it was going to be. And it was honestly the first time I ever designed something like that and like worked with Evan on something like that crazy. And it came out really, really well once Beautiful we kind of figured execution. out. Thank you. Like once yes. we figured out the mechanics, mm-hmm. like it was, it was on. And Evan's amazing. Like Truly. he is becoming a really fabulous designer like every single look oh my god the last one i have to say i don't you saw it but it wasn't photographed but it was this black satin dress that was backless with a crossbody strap in the back and like all the way around it was gorgeous that i was just like evan i need a dress i can just fall off my body (laughs) and it was gorgeous and it just cut and slimmed down the body perfectly it really was it was so comfortable too Awesome. Like that dress is so stupid comfortable. It's like even better. Yeah, it is. And then it had the perfect train, Mm -hmm. the perfect (laughs) amount of train on it. And I was like, every dress you make for now on gets this skirt silhouette. I don't care what you did with it. I don't know where you came from, but it gets this silhouette. Anything else is uncivilized. I I loved Anna. Oh my God. She really brought it. That that high necked, floor length black. Velvet, velvet with dress the high with the high slit. slit, and then her Swarovski crystal lobster. So yeah, Swarovski beautiful. that she lo- crystallized herself. Gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. And then the fringe outfit was everything as well. Yeah, that she the fringe, the like for her performance, lace body fringe. I mean, everyone like the house of Sonique looked amazing. Yes, absolutely amazing. Oh my god, Sippy's like Jean Paul Gaultier, mm-hmm. like. You know, Jean-Paul good moment with, like, the blonde whip pin, like, pin curl oh, wig. Oh, that was Finger so wave amazing. Yes. And then the skirt, like, tiered <laughs> like that. Oh, it was so... Everyone looked amazing. Uh, that one guy had a Jared Leto moment carrying his own severed head. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> carrying his own severed head. And then yes. even the director of the museum, she looked beautiful Gorgeous. in, like, oh, wearing, goodness. like, last collection of Alexander McQueen. 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 Yes. Wearing last collection of Alexander McQueen, McQueen. When I'm I just first like, saw her, she took my breath away. Yeah. Like, I had a moment. I yeah. had to like contain I told her, I, told, <gasps> I told her, just like, you do yes. realize all of the gays right now are dying because you're wearing McQueen. She was like, really? <laughs> yeah, she knows. I was yes. like, you look absolutely stunning and like just the most elegant person. Then just like Kevin, who like brought me in, was just so wonderful and like. Yeah. I mean, the whole night was amazing. Well, no one saw Trey because she was completely camouflaged with the event. Because she looked like clouds. She looked like clouds the entire time. Was, was in this like amazing. hoop skirt made of clouds. Everything yes. she was painting was painted in clouds. Carrying mini canvases was, of her own artwork. It was absolutely fabulous. Oh, absolutely fabulous. Well, I had a great time. I'm, uh, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. I have a huge announcement for everyone. Um, starting not next week, but the week after, um, I will be joined with the new TA into the classroom, <gasps> Mix Monday. Yes, <laughs> Mix Monday. Hey. 
Thank you, thank you. Um, thank and for you. now on Monday, we'll be co-hosting with me Yay. on the show and like nerding out over history. And we're always still going to like bring on guests and everything like that. But Monday has always been a good friend of mine, and we have like always shared so much love of history together. Yes, and this you've is been what on. We love yeah, to do. And I was like, you've been on this show so much. <laughs> I'm just like, you have to just co-host with me for now on. Like, oh yay! So well, thank I'm really you so pumped. much for having me. And then Trey, you know, lives out in the country, is being fabulous <laughs> out in the country. So when you come back into town, every time you gotta come back and say hi. I will. Every Always. time. I don't care if there's an extra guest. We'll just pull up I'll a chair. I'll just make sure I stay till Friday. Yeah, least. just like yeah. come and say hi because you're so fabulous and <laughs> like you have you, so darling. much knowledge. We um, did have one more thing we wanted to say. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear pussy. Happy birthday to you and many more. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we love you, baby. I love, love you. So this is so many applause. So this Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy solstice. Yes. Have everyone have a good day. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Happy solstice. It's the Beauty RKO, your fashion history comedy podcast. I am your host, Professor Noir, and you will be back next time with our new co-host, um, Monday Mix Monday. Thank you, Trey, for coming out. Thank you. I'm sorry. What is that?